You're listening to the Bag of Pucks podcast, part of the National Podcast Network. So last week, we kind of left the playoffs off to the side because we really wanted to uh, finish up our protection list. And, you know, I think we should give the playoffs its, uh, you know, give it some uh, time on our podcast because, you know, it is quite important. I think people want us to hear us talk about it. I hope people want to hear us talk about this. How dejecting would it be if they didn't want to hear us talk about this? I think they just want to, hopefully they just want to hear us in general. It doesn't matter what we talk about. Like if we talked about, I don't know, like football or soccer, I'm sure people, hopefully people still want to listen to us. They're not just here just for the hockey content. They're, they're here to listen to the banter between me, Olsen, and Anson. Okay, calm yourself there. I don't think we're that important. No. Uh, well, I mean, next week we will finish up our expansion draft. Our, you know, we did say originally it was going to be what two episodes, and now it's stretched over three, maybe four, maybe five. Who knows? But let's talk about the playoffs. And I think the first thing we didn't talk about the playoffs this um, for this season, I guess, is been the officiating. I think, and specifically about the fines and suspensions. Like we've had quite a few fines, and we've had like a significant suspension as well i mean i think we'll we'll go we'll go with the each of the matchups in a bit in this episode but in terms of fines i'm kind of okay with it to be honest with you like fines don't mean much to me as a fan um suspensions are you know spin the wheel and i don't love those but it's not the end of the world, you know what I mean? It also depends who gets suspended, right? It depends on, like, who is it, like, if it's intentional and all that fun stuff. But, like, so I guess we'll just jump right into it where it's, like, the Kadri one. Like, what did you think of that one? I mean, you know what? Let's let's just go straight into it. Let's just, you know, this episode we're going to be going into a lot of the um, a lot of the matchups. And let's just start with this one here. Let's just get this out of, out of the way, right? So, Kadri... First round suspension, name a more iconic duo. Batman and Robin? I don't know, man. I'm not a big, like, Star Wars. I'm not a Star Wars uh, superhero guy, but I feel like there's a couple episodes, not episodes, a couple, like, movies and whatnot where Robin doesn't really show up. But I can't necessarily say there isn't a first round series with Kadri where the suspension doesn't show up. Well, last year he didn't get suspended. So, you know, that was a little change, of course, where he actually, you know, played in every game. He was healthy enough to uh, skate in the playoffs. But, yeah, I mean, eight games, like, at, like his last suspension in the playoffs was, like, for the, entire, the rest of the series. So that was, like, a indefinite amount. But this one's eight games. And, like, this is significant enough because this is, this is like, appealable, right? Like, this is a long enough suspension that... Um, under the CBA, like Kadri can appeal, but like this could literally be two series worth of like suspensions. Like considering if you know, recording today on Sunday, like you know, Colorado could sweep St. Louis, and then he would be out for six games in the next series. So like he could be gone for whichever team they face next. I mean, see, like the comparison everyone's giving, you know, if you're an As fan, is Tom Wilson. Five grand and this, you know, eight games. That seems like a lot. And like, I'm having trouble because the issue is from two years ago, the understanding is that one playoff game is worth two regular season games, right? So is this worth, a, is this a 16 game suspension in the regular season? I, I really don't think so. You know, I was like, I expected three, I'll be honest with you. Because, you know, that means six regular season games. I'm like, you know what? That that sounds fine. But is this worth 16? I'm not exactly sure about this one. If you look at it from, like, this season's perspective, too, 16 games is 28% of the uh, of the season. That's basically, you, you don't get, you don't get counted for, like, every third game of the, se- uh, of the season. But how much do you think is that, like, yes, maybe the hit wasn't 
as like doesn't deserve you know eight games but given the his history as a repeat offender like they couldn't just they couldn't give him less than what he's gotten before like they have to keep tacking on more and more um games suspended but that's the thing he hasn't been suspended in 18 months like more than 18 months he's technically not a repeat offender if you if you are like hey he's you know you punish him as a repeat offender then don't have this repeat offender rule then right uh yeah i guess like i didn't realize that like i i forgot like it's an 18 month thing but given like you know his history like i don't know like i feel like there is still like some consideration like if you have been suspended at all like in the past like it might tack on games especially because like 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 as you said like name a more uh iconic duo right first round uh playoff well first round playoff exits and nazim kadri and suspensions right so like i i think the nhl was like they just had enough of kadri's red mist in the first rounds and like and it was also needless right like Kod- they were winning that game kadri did not have to go after fault like that that's not the position that you should take right like again if you're tired of it okay throw the book at him but then don't have the repeat offender rule because it's clear it's clearly showing it you know it's kind of like if we want, you can be a repeat offender. If we don't feel like it, you're not a repeat offender. It's like, okay, which one is it then? Make up your mind before you decide that, right? So for eight games, eight playoff games, do you think that was fair, harsh, or too little? I, like I said in the beginning, I said this was too much, especially when, again, when they've said one playoff game is two regular season games. Um I think it's too much. Um, yeah, I think it's too much. Uh, considering their perspective is he's not a repeat offender. Jeffrey? Um, I would agree with Halston there. Like, I don't think that you can suspend someone for more than one playoff series like that. Like, he could be gone. Like, as I said, he could be gone for the next series. And, like, I mean, let, let's, let's actually get to the Colorado-St. Louis series. Like, probably the most one-sided series like not just the fact that it's 3-0 Colorado right but Colorado has dominated every single game and everyone's thought like oh St. Louis is this rough rugged you know veteran team that's been to the playoffs before so you know they know how to play playoff hockey but they look like no match at all to Colorado but at the same time it's like St. Louis won the cup two years ago and two years ago their team I think in my opinion, it just feels different. Like there's a different vibe to their team compared to the one that came in this uh, this playoffs. It's like they they kind of just barely squeaked into the the fourth seed, whereas like in 2019 they had like a massive run right with Bennington just coming out of nowhere like that the play gore, uh, glorious on whatever like all that like it was quote unquote like inspirational. They just had a giant push, but then this season it's kind of like they were fighting Arizona for the last spot. And it's like, you know, whoever makes it, you get Colorado. Yeah, no, fair, fair enough. Like, I think I, I they, they did come in on a run, but not like that extended run, like in 2019, for sure. But I wonder how much of this also has to do with, you know, the, like the players that aren't playing for St. Louis right now, right? Like guys that have yet to play a game in the series, David Perron, um, Vince Dunn. And now you know, looks like Falk and Bertuzzo are also out. Like, that's quite a bit of injuries to have to deal with in this series. And given how, like, in those three games, like, I wonder if a full, like, healthy squad in St. Louis could have put up a better match. But I I think in general, Colorado just looks too good. And they really look like a Stanley Cup favorite. Also, you got to keep in mind, too, it's like, last year, Kale McCarr made his, like, NHL debut during the playoffs. And now he's he's basically had like a whole season to like prepare and like you know skate like a regular season and whatnot. So now he's he knows you know the NHL ice right, and he looks really good out there. Like Kyle is a huge difference. Devin uh, Devin or Taves, yeah. Like you know, Sackick acquired him. He's doing pretty well on that team. It's just like the way that they're built. They're 
definitely contenders for like this year, next year, and like you know. I mean, we all know this is their window, right? Like, this is when they're all going for it. And if they don't go, like, if they don't win this, like, in the next, I'd say, two years, I would be very concerned. Is that how long McKinnon is on his contract for? I think I think two years. Jeffrey, you're going to have to uh, fill me in here for this one. Uh, McKinnon has, including this year, two more years after that. Yeah, so if they don't win soon, like, I'm concerned, right? Well, I mean, I I would think even this year they need to win, right? Because, like, they're going to have to re-sign Landis Gog. They're going to have to give McCarr an extension. Um, They could lose. They're they're probably going to have to pay a fairly hefty price I think at the expansion draft um, or they might just leave one of their core depth pieces uh, for free um, they're ha, ha, I'm still not sure about their goaltending situation like I feel like they just had to hit a hot streak with everything so I honestly like yes maybe they have like a like a contending period of you know this year and two more years after but realistically i think this is the year that they are like fully like stocked up on like forwards defense um goaltending like this is like the year that they have to really really push hard okay so the thing is the the blues when they won the cup i would say they're as much of an underdog as this year but i would probably also say that we can't discount. I feel like everyone's discounting them to a point where it's just a little too much. Where it's just like, you know what? Like I, I don't. I, I still think Colorado is going to win, but it's not going to be as much of a walk in a park as everyone else is talking about it. But Jeffrey, what am I? What am I? What am my perspective wrong as? I think you're just anticipating the gentleman's sweep coming, right? Like, they're going to win today, St. Louis is going to win today, and then they're going to lose to Colorado Game 5 type of thing. Like, it's not close. Like, even the games haven't been realistically close, I would say. I guess maybe a part of me just really wants them to win. I mean, I guess, but, I mean... It's because you don't like the other two teams in that conference, you know, Vegas and Minnesota. You dislike them both because they destroyed your LA Kings this season. I hope it's an absolute seven-game slugfest. And, you know, as a as a fan, I just want great hockey, you know. And I just want an absolute slugfest where they just put it all on the ice and they get swept by the avalanche after. <laughs> that is ideal. So Vegas right now, they're up, I believe it's 2-1 in the series against... 3-1. 3-1. Oh, sorry. I missed yesterday's game. But yes, they're up 3-1 against the Wild. Uh, I don't know if Austin's going to get his seven games because, you know, Vegas has seemed to turn it on a little bit. And Minnesota, I think their youth is showing where they're kind of looking a little bit lost once they get down. Like... um. Once they've lost, they, they, they're a team that needs momentum to really get going. And I think against a team like Vegas, it's it's been really hard for them. I mean, also, they've been starting Cam Talbot rather than Capo Kakaman. I'm not saying he's like amazing, but he's kind of the guy who also got you to the playoffs for most of the season. Whereas like I think Talbot was like, he wasn't just like, how do you say it? I don't know if you want to put Talbot like the, the starters load on him necessarily. I think he's a great, you know, one A one B guy. But at the same time, I think Kakunin is like younger. You want to give him more experience, especially if right now you're quote unquote rebuilding or like retooling within the next uh, few years. Here's the thing, though: have the Wild not been retooling for as long as you can remember? Yes, but this is I think the first time they've publicly said it. But saying it, what makes the difference? Like. Speaking of iconic duos, is there not a more iconic duo than the the Wild squeaking in a playoffs and just getting destroyed in the first round? Like for for a long time, all I've known is that the Wild are a tweener team, kind of just stuck in the middle. And then first round comes, they make playoffs, get destroyed in the first round, and that is a season well done for them. I guess the difference for at least for me, it's like. In the past, like years, they've 
been going for it and then they've been getting like the eighth or like you know the last spot whereas like now somehow this season they were like what third in their division which is like cool at the same time it's like um they were quote unquote trying to rebuild and they somehow managed to get like not the last spot though but they got like the third spot which is somewhat impressive you're you're like failing successful successfully somehow you know i think like minnesota wasn't expecting to be you know in a playoff spot so i think they're taking this as just you know an opportunity to gain experience for their younger players and just really figuring out who they want to keep as part of their new core going into the future but um i i do think like as Anson's saying, I do think Kakinen probably gets the game five. I mean, uh, Talbot has been poor, but I think you just need to at least try something different in order to at least say that you, you know, you try. You didn't just take the same team out there again and lose by two, three goals again, like the last two games. So I do think we'll see Kakinen. And um, just to correct all uh, Anson there, um, Talbot did play more games in the regular season than Kakinen. So um, I, I think it was kind of more of a 1A, 1B. But I think Talbot just gets the edge just because he is the veteran. Kakinen is the rookie. And uh, we did see Talbot, you know, kind of carried the Oilers to through the playoffs a couple years back. So I, I think that's why Talbot was the choice in the starters crease but uh i do think we're going to see kakin at least at least game five hopefully all right let's move on to a different division because this division makes me upset you don't want to talk about capri <laughs> capri's off anymore Shh. he shall not be named all right uh next division let's talk about tampa and florida i really want to this has been a very interesting series. Like we are, we've never had a battle of Florida. I hope we get some more battle of Floridas in the future because this has been a very um, physical, very like it's a very two sides that really, really, really hate each other at the moment. And um, I think the first thing we have to go to is that last game um, where we Tampa might be down a couple of players now uh, after that game. I just point out that um, Tampa buried Kucherov for the season, and I think he's leading the playoffs in points already. I, for one, am shocked that a fully arrested Nikita Kucherov is doing well in the playoffs. <gasps> Sacre bleu. Like, we all knew this was happening, right? Like, the more I watch this Panthers team, the more I realize, like, this Bobrovsky contract's really bad. Like, really bad. This is what, year three? Year four? Yep. Year three. Seven more years of this. No, five. Five. Oh, sorry. I don't said ten years. Yeah. Five more years of this. See, that's the issue, is that they have Bobrovsky for another five years, and now they have Drieger they're going to lose, probably just UFA or to Seattle, and then they have Spencer Knight, who's kind of just chilling. Yeah, like, I get it if you lose... Dreger because you're calling Spencer Knight. That's fine. Um, but I'm not loving the fact that Bobrovsky, like, what you can't do anything with Bobrovsky's contract. So if you're like Spencer Knight, you're just kind of sitting around waiting to get traded here at this point, to be honest here. Because no one's, what are you going to sit your 10 million a year goalie? You can't even buy him out, I think. You don't want to, trust me. No, 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 I get it. I'm saying, like, you can't even buy a room right now, I think, right? Like, at this point, if you're a Florida fan, you are pushing for a lockout because hopefully at the end of the lockout, there'll be, like, a compliance buyout or something like that. <laughs> like, this is a, it's not good. But are we going to skip over the fact that Kucherov might even though he is the current uh, playoff leading uh, point getter, uh, that he probably won't be playing in game five now after that Duclair uh, slash. I mean, you're winning 3-1, whatever. I guess, how long would he be out for, though? Now, would it be ironic if he he misses the entire regular season just to play four games in the playoffs and ends up missing the rest of the playoffs because of injury? I don't think he's out for the playoffs either, though. No, he's not going to pull a 2020 Steven Stamkos. 
yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm getting to be up for this round. I don't know. I, I, I think it's kind of ironic that, you know, oh, he, we know uh, one year in advance that he's going to be ready exactly for game one of the playoffs, even though, you know, the playoffs were delayed a little bit because there are some extra games. But yes, we'll know that he starts. And then four games in, now he's back on the IR. Like, I mean, we still don't know what's going to happen to Kucherov. And same with Sergeyev as well. Like, um, Florida was out for blood that last game when they realized that they weren't uh, going to be winning uh, that game four. But, um, like that physicality in that game, it really you can really see how much like they really hate each other, right? Like Tampa, I feel like is like that. Um, it's almost like a David and Goliath, I think, in Florida, right? Like where Tampa is the Goliath, and Florida, you know, they've always kind of, you know, we always thought that they could make that jump, you know, become a good playoff team, and they finally made it, but they're up against the Goliath, and now they're not really doing so well. I just want to point out, Kucherov has um, nine points, six assists, and he's leading the playoffs in power play points. I don't know. Like, <laughs> this is a little broken, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, what? I Can we can we consider putting, like, I get it. You kind of want to have the best players. Like, I'm going to go on a tangent here, I guess. Maybe it's better for another day, but, like, Maybe we have to consider uh, putting a playoff, keeping the salary cap for the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, no, I completely agree with that. I think we need to, and I, I think it's it, it, it's um, karma, justice. The fact if he misses the rest of this playoffs, that it'll be like karma, justice for people who really want the cap to extend to the playoffs, like for people that hate the LTIR rule where um, a guy could be injured the entire season and then come back for the playoffs. Like, it, it was a little bit ridiculous the way Tampa Bay managed it. So, I think if you're a team like Florida, even if you lose, but Kucherov ends up, you know, missing the rest of the playoffs. Like, I hate to say, like, you know, it's not good to, like, wish for a player to be injured. But I think if you're Florida, you'd be like, hey, look, we screwed the Tampa Bay Lightning over because they tried to finagle the, the cap and uh, now they can't do anything about it because he's done for the playoffs. Okay, but at the same time, is it really fair to blame the Lightning for just they're they're within the rules? Like, let's be honest here, they're within the illegal. rules. Yeah, like I like you know what? Like I've had moments where I like I'm like this is bullshit, but I'm also like at the end of the day, they're not breaking. They're like they're not like technically cheating. Maybe it's not in the in the what's the word I'm looking for. It's not maybe not the best sportsmanship, but who cares, right? Like, you won the cup. Who cares about sportsmanship? Um, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, it's the NHL's fault for not co- covering this loophole. Why? Why blame? Why hate the the player? Hate the game? That type of idea. Like, I'll be honest. Like, I'm I'm impressed. It's just the way that they finagled all this the entire season. They traded for Gabrick and Nielsen's contract. Put them on an LTIR. For reference, just for reference. Um, Tampa this season they used seventeen million dollars in LTIR. Do you want to guess who was second and how much they used? Toronto and like maybe they took they took some off, but like no. Jeffrey, um, Chicago. <laughs> As of right now, no. Um, it's the Blues at eight point six. Seventeen versus eight point six. Well, yeah, and that's a thing. But like, I, I, I'm okay with the Gabrick Nelson trade because those were okay. Like, you, you're not, you're not gonna get Gabrick and Nelson coming back for the playoffs. But Kucherov, right? You literally put him on LTIR, knowing that he's gonna be ready for exactly game one. Like, that's that's, I, I think that's you. Maybe it's cheating. Maybe it's not. But I think it's really hard to predict that far into the future that you know a player is going to be back or ready to play exactly on for game one. Because, like, technically, right, once a player is considered fit to play, they need to be taken off LTIR. I'm pretty sure that's the rule. So, like, you can't just, you know, put a guy on LTIR and, you know, what if he gets healthy two games before the playoffs, right? He needs to come play. So, like, I think that's what happened with Frederick Anderson with Toronto. I'm pretty sure, like, that's what kind of happened because... You know, he was healthy enough to play, so they couldn't keep him on LTIR, so they, they had to play him. 
I mean, this happened in 2015, did it not, with the Blackhawks? Because, you know, Kane was quote-unquote injured for the rest of the season. So they acquired Antoine Vermette. And then come the uh, playoffs, they're like, oh, Patrick Kane's healthy. So we're going to play him. Well, I don't think that was as egregious, right? Because I think he got injured, like, early February. So he was only going to be out for two months. Like, this was Kucherov. Oh, he's going to be out for, like, that was, like, 11, 10, 10, 11 months. How they predicted exactly he's going to be done for game one. Like, I I don't know. We're getting off topic here. Like, this Tampa, Florida series, I think... um, has been a great series. It's been physical. It's been, I think, what a lot of people wanted. Um, as a lot of people say, this is probably the fullest we'll ever see. Um, is it BTNT Arena? I don't remember. I think so. But Jeffrey, does that mean that we need... You're struggling with these arena names. Do we need to go back to do the trivia? I mean, if we want to. But I feel like this is going to be a long episode because we still got quite a few series left to talk about. But to wrap up Tampa Bay and Florida... Um, do we think that Tampa Bay is going to finish this uh, series off, or do we think Florida has a little bit more fight left? I, I think five. I think um, at most six. I really don't see Panthers coming to win to win this, especially with like the whole Bobrovsky or Drieger or like even Spencer Knight starting. Like, like you don't you have a conundrum in your crease, and that's arguably one of the most important spots in a uh, playoffs. Like you know. So, you can't figure that part out. You can't beat Tampa of all teams. Okay, fair enough. I think we have a fairly mutual agreement here at the Bag of Pucks podcast that uh, Tampa Bay is probably going to win in five, maybe six. Um, let's move on to the other... Oh, is it Discover Central? Sound, I think so. Sounds about right. <laughs> Sounds about right to me. All right, Discover Central, the other playoff matchup, Carolina and Nashville, who I, I think their game is over as we're recording. I don't know. Uh, someone help me out here. Nope, they're in overtime. Okay, so maybe we'll break the score in this podcast, but you won't hear it until tomorrow or Tuesday. But um, this was probably the second most one-sided series until Nashville came back with a little bit of bite. I don't know. Honestly, I, find, I think this one's one of the more entertaining series. Like, when I'm watching it, I'm actually like more one more engaging series. It's just really like grindy hockey, and I enjoy that. <laughs> like neither team is very strong offensively if you compare it to the rest of the teams available. Like teams like the teams still in the playoffs, and it's very grind. It's very defensive and gritty, and I like it. <laughs> Yo, uh, UC Saros has been standing on his head these past couple of games. The first couple of games, he faced like 30, 38 shots. They lost. Uh, last game they won, he faced 56. And currently, he's played. He's faced 46. Like, Carolina just stepped up and was like, we're just going to bombard him. Now, with the series, like, maybe I haven't watched as much as Olsen or Anton in the series, but I, I feel like this series is probably... It's one. Of the, it's that underdog series. I think most people thought. Like, yes, it's two. You know, mid market teams, but they don't really have too much of a rivalry to really talk about. Like, I can't think of any like, like connection between the two. So I, I'm kind of like not paying as much attention. So I don't have really have much to contribute for uh, this playoff matchup. Actually, it's one that definitely flies underneath the radar. Um, when you think of like exciting teams it's terrible as it sounds not necessarily a team you think about either of these teams i do think though like carolina has been like these past few years have been putting themselves on the map but you're right it's just like they in the past they haven't done a whole lot necessarily and until like rod became the coach i guess or around that time it's like that's when they start going on a tear and whatnot but now, like, did you expect them to finish first in the division? Because I didn't. No, like, Jeff, uh, Anton, we went through this a couple days ago. You know, just between us, like, looking at the, like, our suge- like our predictions. Like, we are really bad with these. 
yeah like and i'll i'll like go through them later in the uh in the pod but yeah like our early season predictions we were um quite off in a few divisions and quite frankly it's just like you know would you expect nashville and preds being first and fourth no you can't expect tampa to be first and realistically like no one saw the panthers coming right I would like to point out I would have never predicted Nashville and the Preds being first and fourth because they're the same team. How about Carolina and Hurricanes? <laughs> yes, I, I, I can agree that I would also not have predicted that as well. This is the riveting insight our listeners come for. <laughs> now, I do think Carolina still has a, like an extra step. I mean, like Jacob Slavin has not really played in this series. Um I'm surprised also that Jake Gardner can't get into this team as well for some reason, uh, given uh, that's another contract that could use a compliance buyout if there is a lockout. Um, but yeah, I, I think it with this series, I think Carolina will wrap it up eventually. It's just how much of a fight Nashville can put up. But I just don't see Nashville having that finishing touch to finish off Carolina in this series. I think... Um, We'll probably see the Canes, you know, maybe in five, maybe in six. But um, it's it's probably going to be like Carolina. This is just like a little road bump for them. And then they'll move on to face one of the Florida teams. I would assume I'm just going to get my like who's going to finish. I'm assuming Carolina in like six. I think Nashville is going to be surprising. I think I think this goes to seven. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, I, I guess it's kind of unfair for us to do predictions when the series are kind of already halfway done, but we don't care at the Bag of Bucks podcast. We will do whatever we would like to do. Um, let's move on to the Mass Mutual East. Uh, does that sound correctly? I, I don't I don't really get these advertisements. No, you, you nailed it. You nailed it. Yeah, Mass Mutual East, that's right. Also, I didn't realize until a couple games ago that, you know, for the they have like television ads on the ice that change every couple of minutes. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's new technology. Well, it's not new. It's not newish, but it's it's been over here for a while. I think it's called what's called digital insertion. When I was in university, did a presentation on that. It's pretty cool stuff. Yeah, I I, I didn't realize that because I was also like, oh, you know, like normally at the blue line, there's like the Stanley Cup playoffs 2021, and I didn't realize, and then suddenly like, it was a different one. I was like, what the hell was that? But anyway, the Mass Mutual East, um, Boston and Washington. Um, do we think Wilson will get suspended anytime soon? <laughs> That's my guess. Man, he's untouchable. Like, there's this one play against um, Curtis Lazar where you literally see him skate from one end of the blue, like, offensive zone to the other end, straight line, and hits uh, Lazar into the Boston bench. And that wasn't called as a charge. Like, that looked like an Anson. Um, Chell play right there like skating from one end of the ice in a straight line just to go for a hit and if you play with no penalties on Anson doesn't get a penalty exactly okay but if you're if you know what you did last time and the whole league freaks out and you only got a five thousand dollar fine and now you do this and it seems like it's fine if you're if you're him do you not just feel emboldened just keep doing this uh, I I think you have to, right? Like you, you feel like that any if you do anything that's less than what they find you for, they really can't find you that same amount. Like they can still find you. And I, I think to bring it back to the very beginning of this entire podcast, I think we should see more fines in the NHL. Like there's a lot of things that don't get called or are are pretty egregious. Like a lot like I get there should be some physical stuff at the end of plays, but there have been some stuff that have been a little bit overboard. And I feel like the NHL doesn't find its players enough. Like, like a thousand dollar fine here, a thousand dollar fine there. I think, yes, it, like it, it doesn't make me like, Oh, players aren't going to do it. Right. Like a thousand dollars to mo- like most NHL players might not seem like too much. Like they'll still continue doing it. But I feel like the NHL should probably do like handle a little bit more fines, but um, like, I, I could see, like, if Boston, st- like, blows out Washington towards the end of this, like, game tonight, where they're down 3-1 in the series, I could see Wilson doing something dirty and um, 
getting ejected from the game. That's just my uh, prediction for that this uh, game five tonight. But will Marshawn lick him in retaliation? I, I, let me just jump back a little bit there. But like, I honestly feel like fines are stupid in the NHL. Like, for a guy who is making millions to be charged five thousand dollars, that literally means nothing, right? Yeah, we broke it down last time. It was like, yeah, like, or something. What's the point of finding them if they? Like, there's no use of finding these guys. Like, sure, you might want to see more fines, but if they don't actually mean anything, why even bother? I think, like, the fines are based on daily salary, so that's why they're so low. And, like, yeah, I agree. I Like, either make the fines worth more, or, like, realistically, like, that's why I just keep finding them more. Like, yeah, I, I know it doesn't make, like, like, there's such low values that players don't care. But at least it shows like the NHL is trying to you know, like keep their players in check a little bit. Like if you look at the fines given out this season, the the Rangers two hundred fifty thousand dollar fine contributes to more than half of all the fines that were paid this season, right? Like, um, like these five thousand, two thousand five hundred, one thousand dollar fines are not a lot, but I, I think like there there are quite a few plays and that penalties that are sometimes called sometimes not called and realistically like if this happened in like you know in the streets that's like a call to 911 so I I feel like either increase the fines and make them not based off you know a player's daily salary or like just keep finding them more and you know yes it doesn't you know it seems like it's a low amount but I think enough fines might start to you know stop like the really bad stuff from happening but here's the thing though you can't the reason why they're at five thousand dollars is because the cba says this is the most you can do so unless you're being like hey you're getting 17 fines because of this game because one player like can't really do much can you that's why we need our uh, predicted lockout for not only a compliance uh, buyouts, but also to change the CBA so that we can find players more. And if you're the NHLPA, why would you do that? Why would you agree to more fines? You don't. You really don't if you're the PA. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. It's just like, why? I don't see the value. Let's go with that. Yeah, no, I'm not saying like it's actually gonna happen. Like this, like the NHLP is not gonna agree to pay more fines. But I'm just saying, like, I, I feel like that's something that we might see change with the new CBA. Like, uh, I feel like, um, even as it's like a source of revenue for the NHL, fines could be something that they might want to use a little bit more often. I know it's 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 like a um, drop of water. I don't know what there, there's some type of metaphor. Can't remember it off the top of my head, but. It's it's okay. That, wait, hold up first. Hold up first. That's terrifying. If you need your own employees to subsidize your budget, there's an issue there to begin with. <laughs> yeah, your business model is uh, broken. <laughs> well, in this pandemic, I think if you're the NHL, you need to find as much of a revenue stream as you can. And if players are being egregious, <laughs> well, why don't you make them part of the your revenue uh, stream? But uh, let, let's get back to the series here. Um, Washington looks out of sorts. Like, I didn't expect this to be as... Like, I know it hasn't been that one-sided, but Boston clearly looks like the better team against Washington. I feel like after that, I think game two, um, the Samsonov-Schultz uh, mishap, it just, they haven't looked the same. I don't know about you, but that's kind of like, you know, when your goal and your defense is miscommunicating in overtime or double overtime, it's just that kind of ruins morale quite a bit. And, like, you saw Ovechkin just yelling at whoever. I, I don't know if you found out who he was yelling at or what he was yelling. It's just, you know, he seemed mad just a little bit. I'll be honest with you, I haven't watched this too much of, of this uh, series. So I'm going to have to defer my judge, my opinions to my uh, two goals. I think me and Anson last week did say that this was probably one of the series to watch because you know boston washington both two heavy teams and i i think 
in the games that I've seen. I don't know about Anton. Like, it's been quite a heavy game. Like, there's a lot of heavy forecheck. There's a lot of things happening in between whistles. Um, I, I definitely think this is, like, your go-to for, you know, playoff-style hockey. And, you know, like, the first three games were all close. I mean, they all went to overtime, but... Um, I just think like the way Boston is playing, their their depth seems to be just like a little bit stronger than Washington. And I, I think, you know, it's gonna be interesting to see if Washington can rebound, which I, I think they can. Like this is a very talented team. Like there's a reason why they finished above Washington in the uh regular season. Um, but it does it does hurt them also the fact that they've had three different starting goalies um so far in the playoffs right now and I, I feel like not having that sturdiness in that and like Anson said, right? Like even with Samsonov, it hasn't been that sturdy either. Like not having, you know, someone that you can tr- you trust and know for like a very long time, like Braden Holpe has kind of like thrown them in a little bit of a tough spot right now. You think uh, Boston's gonna wrap it up tonight, or are they gonna go six or seven? Um, I I I think you can. I would say Washington wins a game in front of their fans, and then they lose in Game Six. I would think. I don't know about Olsen there. If I mean, he hasn't seen the series much, but I think Olsen has a general idea based on what we've been talking about. I think from what it seems like, six is most likely, but I think seven would be more fun. Is that a correct assumption? Seven's always more fun. Let's just let's just put that on the table. Seven games is always more fun than you know six. I don't know, man. I don't want to see uh, a team being destroyed for seven games in a row. Well, in a playoff series. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I really have no no opinion on this one. All right. Um, I think another a series that we would also like to see in seven, Penguins Islanders. I think that this has been a very spicy series. It's. There's been some, there's a lot of momentum, I feel like. It's a very momentum-based series where, you know, one side starts getting going and they look good and then the other side comes back and gets, starts looking good. It's It's been quite a, like a back-and-forth series, I would say. Um, and it, it makes sense that they're tied 2-2 right now. Um, I, I really can't tell which team is over, like, underperforming right now. Like, I feel like both these teams are really strong and like your own sense, but I feel like one of these teams just aren't playing as um, good as they should be. And I I think that has to be the Islanders. Like this is a team that, you know, they made it to, was it uh, like, this was a team that we all thought could, we're like the St. Louis blues, you know, like defensively strong, you know, can get timely goals and stuff, but like against the Penguins, I I'm just, I'm just not sure if, they can stop all that firepower. I put the Islanders kind of in the bucket of also like the Hurricanes or the Preds, where it's just like unassuming teams. I get it. They did really well in the season. It's very hard to say unassuming, but like they just give me a very big unassuming vibe. You don't, you don't notice them until they just show up on your screen. Yes. And like, I would say it's been very exciting to watch. I've had a lot of fun watching this series. It's probably up there. In terms of the series. Um, for this one though. I just feel like. The Preds. Like playoff Penguins. Are just always a little bit better. Than most. Like regular season Penguins. Um, and like I'm not that surprised. I'll be honest with you. Just maybe a combination of knowing that the Preds step it up. Not Preds. The uh, Pens step it up. And the Islanders kind of. In my book. Irrationally being a team that is just kind of like not that great. So that bias combines is kind of, is gives me the perception that it's fine, but this is a very gritty series. Love it. Lots of angry players, lots of truculence. I'm on board for this one. And what a surprise, a Brian Burke team playing truculently. <gasps> I'm shocked. But like, is this kind of like the two team strategy one? Like I, in my perspective, like penguins, will outscore you because we have Malkin, we have Crosby, we have all our depth. And Islanders is like, we will score one goal and we will win one nothing. And that is our strategy. Which is like obviously it's not working right now, but at the same time it's sorry, not not that's not working, but it's like 
they're winning 4-1, they're winning like 4-3 kind of thing. But it, don't you get the vibe that's the that's the strategies of both of those two teams, whereas it's more defined. And right now, Jari can, you know, not putting blame on him, but like in the first game, if you stopped like a couple of them that were, uh, in my perspective, like you could have stopped them. This series would be more in Pittsburgh's favor at the moment. Like Jari high glove is like a freaking like you can score with a freaking beach ball at that this point. Like he cannot save anything that goes high glove right now. But like yeah, it brings up that debate whether offense or defense is the best strategy in the playoffs. And I, I think this is the perfect series to kind of not settle the debate, but provide an example for one side or the other. It depends on who wins, whether you need offense or defense or maybe just in general you just need truculence to um uh you know win a playoff series but i think we gotta give props also that jeff carter trade is looking very good um he's still got one year left but right now it's looking like a big steal and you guys might be right um anyone who trades for jeff carter at the trade deadline up here could you know potentially win the Stanley cup every time playoff jeff carter is a, a different level of jeff carter it, it's different all right, um, let's move on to um, our next series. Uh, the Habs and the Leafs. And this is a this has been an interesting... Which division are they from, Jeffrey? I want to say Scotiabank North, but I feel like I'm getting the wrong advertisement. No, it is Scotia North. Oh, I said Scotiabank North, so I'm wrong anyway. But um, the Leafs and the Habs, I don't... I don't know what to say about this series. I'm kind of a, at a loss for words. Uh, fun. Interesting. Dramatic, probably, is probably a good one to use. Is that is that one? Dramatic, is that the right word to use? Can I get some feedback on the, that one there? I think dramatic is, after especially after game two, I think dramatic is, you know, the word you use after what happened in game one and the end of game two. Um, it's very chippy right now. But yeah, I think dramatic is the word you would use. Um, is that the word you would go for, Jeffrey, or no? No, I, I agree. I think dramatic is like, I mean, game one was like, that was not what you were expecting from game one. Uh, like, game two, like, I'm, I'm watching the game yesterday. I'm like, how the hell is every single penalty against the Habs? Like, like there was, there, there's definitely drama abound in this series but it's still so young like we're got so like because the canucks and the flames which we probably will never talk about played a couple of regular season games that no one cared about so this series is still in its infancy right now so um yeah I, this has been very drama filled um i'm gonna be curious to see whether um how, how much more drama we'll be able to see in this series. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely think, like, the first game, it was kind of, after what happened to Tavares, it's kind of like a soul-sucking. It wasn't, you weren't really in it. Like, even if you're watching the game, you weren't really focused on the game itself. You were more focused on, you know, how's he doing? Like, hope he gets better. And, like, how bad is it kind of thing? Like, you kind of want to get that game over with, in a sense. I don't know about you, but that was the vibe I kind of got watching the, the half of it. Um... Whereas game two was kind of like, you know, the game where, not the game one, but it's like, you know, it's like more of a normal game. It's like, we're like the Leafs and the Habs and now we're like, hopefully no injuries, but not uh, knock on wood. But it's like, this is where it's going to get chippy. And, you know, we're in the playoffs and carry, like, let's see if playoff prices here versus, you know, whatever the Leafs have. Can they get past round one? I mean, I think the drama with Game 2 was... Well, I don't know. I haven't seen the, any of the stuff happening on Twitter or what people are talking about. But four second-period penalty calls against the Habs versus zero against the Leafs. Um, there were quite a few blatant Leafs penalties that weren't called. Um, and, you know, one of the penalties, yes, it was self-inflicted because they challenged something that was stupid. but like 
and the best part too was that um, if you were watching it on Canadian television, um, Hockey Night Canada did a segment right uh, after that talking about how coaches were calling out officiating, and this was right after you know the Habs get four second uh, period penalties in a row. So I wonder if Dominique Ducharme had anything to say that about that during his uh, press conference uh, yesterday after the game, but like that's. That's a little bit egregious, I think. Like there's, like you, you can't tell. Maybe it's because I'm a Habs fan, but you can't tell me that's a little bit egregious that you can call four straight, um, Habs penalties. And then there were a couple more in the third period where it was just the Habs being singled out, not even the Leafs. The Habs self-inflicted it, and if they didn't self-inflict that, I feel like you would possibly not notice it as much. And I think part of it comes down to the Tavares injury where they're kind of like, I wouldn't say biased, but they're more aware of what's going on. And I think at the same time, we're going to go back to the conversation of fines where they're retroactively fining people like Wayne Simmons. Um, If you're going to, like, I think there's external factors in play that sway people one way or another. Does that kind of make sense? Um, it, it does. And yes, uh, like, I feel like retroactively the fines don't do much. Like, as you say, like, these fines aren't going to cost much. They don't actually affect the actual NHL game because they're all retroactive. But, like, you look... Like, I look at the Boston-Washington series where basically every time there's a penalty, um, there's a, you know, a retaliation penalty called as well. So it's always, it goes to four and four. But like yesterday, you know, Brody and Gallagher both have their sticks up. Both guys get, uh, you know, a uh, high stick in the face. And then the refs call only one. Like, that seems to me a little bit sketchy, right? Because if you ever see scrums, right, like that, if both guys, you know, fling their heads back, you know, you normally call both of them on the penalty. You don't call, you don't take one guy out of the scrum. Um, similarly, like with the Paul Byron in third period, right? There was a big scrum at the end. How do you only call one penalty on that cross check when a period ago there was the exact same play and you didn't call a penalty? So maybe I think it's just a Habs fan in me. I'm sure people are. Um, like if they're Leafs fans or they're just, you know, neutral fans, they're probably saying I'm going over a little bit overboard on this, but uh like there have been quite a few games in the other series where the penalties have been very one sided. So uh, I think that's something that we could we should definitely look into a little bit more and see whether this is a trend that's happening or maybe just certain teams are just being undisciplined. Tell me you're a Habs fan without telling me you're a Habs fan. I don't think I can do that, but uh, let's let's move on to our last series here. Um, Winnipeg versus Edmonton. Um, Winnipeg, 2-0, uh, and o, winning both games away. Uh, they basically have this series wrapped up, don't they? I will tell you right now, there is a freaking caravan. People are excited in Winnipeg. There's a caravan outside, and the game's on for two hours. And they are driving around the arena just spamming the horn. Like, I don't know, at the end of this, when, you know, one of the, my two co-hosts are editing the podcast, if you'll be able to very faintly hear the horn just going off in the back. People are excited. Like, when you're on the street, you'll see people, everyone's wearing Jets gear. And, like, I think if you pull out a Oilers jersey, um, you may get booed into oblivion. I don't think it's wrapped up because the Oilers have a guy named Connor McDavid and another guy called Leon, Leon Dreisaitl. And if they, you know, get a point or two, this series could change a little bit. It's my opinion. I, I get it. You know, they shut them out. I think they're held pointless for the first couple of games, but I think that's happened twice this season. It's both against, like, um, I think the Leafs and, like, a couple other teams. At the same time, it's like, it's McDavid. I don't think you can stop him for four straight games. Like, if they do, props to you, Winnipeg. But I think that's really hard to do. I don't think it'll be a sweep, but I think it'll be a, a gentleman sweep. So 
for for one Jets. Yeah, I I don't think they'll they'll sweep. At the end of the day, yeah, Drysaddle, you just you know one play from Drysaddle and McDavid, and this game change this series changes in the sense of it's no longer a sweep; it's a four one. At the same time, Connor Halibut's playing out of his mind. Right. It's also like you're right. It's it's Vesna Halibut right now, and yeah, it's very hard to defeat Vesna Halibut. The, I guess the question is like, will will Vesna Halibut show up for the rest of the series? Because if he doesn't, the Jets are screwed. Is that right? Yeah, but at the same time, I think most playoff most playoff series like cup champions usually have a goalie plays out of their mind. I'm not saying the Jets win the cup, but I'm saying usually the Stanley Cup champions have a goalie plays out of their mind. Like he can steal a series or two. Yeah, and I don't think he's really had to steal the series, but he's still playing like, like he can. Like he can steal the series. And I'm just like thinking odds wise. Can the Oilers win four out of five against the Jets when three of them are gonna be away games? That's that's my conundrum, right? Like, yes, McDavid and Drysaddle can turn into stars, but can they go through a five game stretch and win four out of five against Hellebuck and the Jets like that? Is it foolish that I think that they can because it's Leon Drysaddle and Connor McDavid? Um, I wouldn't say it's foolish, but I would, I, I would say like if if you're an odds maker, it's probably not the way to go. Like I, I think I like I don't know what the stat is, but if you're two and zero going into and you're the you're the lower seed and you're up two and two zero in the series, I think there's a really high percentage probably of you winning the series. So, um, it's still hard to bet on McDavid and Dreisaitl, but. Yeah, I think me and Alston are both in the mind that I think the Jets basically got the series win already by winning those first two games away. Oh, I hear those horns. Well, there you go. The horns are transcending through the interwebs. Can you post a picture of what you see outside? Like, can you actually see the caravan or is it just you can hear them from the distance? Like, I know, like, I, I don't want to give away Alston's uh, place of uh, habitat, but... Uh, it's just maybe like 20 cars circling the uh, arena, like driving around the arena, just spamming their horns. All right. Well, you, you, can you take a picture and post it on the Bag of Pucks podcast maybe at, without giving like giving away exactly where you live? It's very hard for me to do that. So uh, I'm going to not do that. But yeah, it's just imagine 20 cars with jet stuff just driving in circles, spamming their horns. And didn't the lockdown start today or is that yesterday? Well, I mean, okay, let's be honest here. That's probably the safest way to do that. You're all in your individual cars, spamming horns. Like, they're not out and about, right? I'm, I'm, I don't want to get into figuring out if like, what's going on here, but, like, I'm fine with that. I feel like that's probably a pretty safe thing to do. Yeah, no, no, I... I think I think it's fair as well. I'm just joking around with you, but that that basically wraps up all eight series. Honestly, I think these have been the like in the most recent history, these eight series have been the most competitive and exciting series to watch in the last like ten years, probably. Like where all eight are all worthy of watching live. Do you mean as in like it's not super lopsided and whatnot, or in one sense? Jesus horns. I I think yep. I think in general it, it it's yes like they're competitive like I think like when the playoffs first started right like almost every game went into playoffs and I feel like a lot of games have been like it's been tied or down by one goal still in the last five ten minutes of the game, um but I think like each series matchup has something to offer which I feel like doesn't always happen in. But like in the past couple of years where we've had like some really weird series where they just didn't make sense, right? Like Tampa, I remember a Tampa Bay, New Jersey series once. Like, yes, I know it was a 1-8 seed. Like it wasn't going to be competitive, but like no one was watching that. It was just like, there was nothing to even watch at all, right? So like, I'm actually really happy that the playoffs have given us eight great matchups. And, you know, I'm pretty sure we're going to get great matches up, great matchups going into the next round as well. So before we, we finish up here, do you want to quickly just go through our early season predictions and see how wrong we were? 
Yes. I, for one, am not excited. But go ahead, Anson. Okay, you want me to go by division or just by person? Um, you, you choose. It doesn't really matter to me. Or I don't think Austin cares as well. Yeah, no, I just want to ask. Uh, so I was going to go by division then, I guess. Uh, I'll start with the North. Okay, Austin, uh, you had Calgary, Toronto, Vancouver, Edmonton. Uh, Jeffrey, you had Montreal, Edmonton. You had Calgary, but you swerved to Winnipeg and Toronto. So I got them all right. Hey. You, yeah, you swerved right, which is fine. Um, I had Toronto, Edmonton, Calgary, and Vancouver. So Austin and I, you know, we're vibing. Not great. Not good for the brand. That's all I'm going to say. Are we keeping track of score here, or are we not going to? Because I, I feel like I'm... Uh, I can I can do it. Hang on. Just give me a moment. All of a sudden, Jeffrey wants to keep score. That's very suspect. He got four out of four. As a kid saying, this is very sus. You want to vote him off the island, or... Maybe. Okay. I go east... <laughs> East, uh, all of a sudden you had Boston, Washington, Rangers, Philly. So I think you had Boston and Washington, the other two make it. Uh, Geo, you had Islanders, Pittsburgh, Philly, and Washington. So three out of four. I had Philly, Pittsburgh, Washington. For memes, I picked Buffalo, but I swerved to Islanders. <laughs> what, a, what a save there. That's a save if I've ever heard of one. Uh... So there's that. Wes, Austin, you got Vegas, St. Louis, Colorado, and your favorite LA Kings. And I still stand by that. Yep. Jeffrey, Vegas, St. Louis, Colorado, Anaheim. I love the Ducks as a dark horse. I don't know why. It's 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 a bad thing to bet on. Uh, I had Vegas, St. Louis, Colorado, and Minnesota. So I got all of all those four. And in our last one, our Central Division, we got Olsen, who's got Tampa, Dallas, Blue Jackets, and he had Nashville, but he swerved to Carolina, which both were right somehow. Uh, Gio, you got Tampa, Dallas, Carolina, and the Blue Jackets, so you got two. And I had Tampa, Carolina, Dallas, Blue Jackets. I think we all had the same, except for Olsen, who swerved for some reason. Uh, you literally repeated the same three, I think, but just in different orders. I think I did because we put them in different orders initially. So, children, what have we learned? We can never go into sports betting. <laughs> That's what I learned there. Give me a moment. Just I'm gonna calculate this. The twelve. Hang on. The suspense is killing me. Also, let's just talk because I don't like the silence here. Um, you don't. You know, a big silence guy, Jeffrey. No. Uh, like I've and I learned in my job that silence is important, but in a podcast, silence is ne- not really good. I think I, I think when people hear silence, they hear they imagine confusion. They imagine people not knowing what to do. People imagine people just not having any content. So I feel like we had to um, fill in this silence here and just talk quite a bit and. I mean, it, this is Anson doing math, so we might have to talk a little bit longer. I mean, if he was reading, then we would have to take like an entire hour of just us two talking. But because he's just doing math right now, I think we just need to talk for a couple more minutes. I'm good. You know, I feel pretty. I'm pretty good with, with the silence. I'm gonna let Jeffrey fill, fill in with more filler material here. Anson, I know you're done. Just can, can you give us thirty minutes, thirty seconds, and let Jeffrey have some filler material here. Let's go. You want Jeffrey. thirty seconds or thirty minutes? Let's do thirty minutes. Um, I am not editing three minutes of filler material, so I will just let Anson go ahead with his uh, reveal here. Olsen, what, what were your LA King predictions? Oh, I think the LA King prediction is... So this is what's going to happen, okay? So basically, the NHL is going to make... You know, they're going to finish and they're going to you know be ready to award the Stanley Cup champions, and it's going to be full WWE style of Anze Kopitar just smashing through paper and being like, actually, it's we're the champions because of this, because of some miscalculations by refs in the NHL. And then, you know what? They'll be like, you know what? LA Kings, you guys are right. You guys are actually the champions. And they'll trot out the, the, the LA Kings and they'll one by one kiss the cup. And, you know, just, just the usual. I stand by that. And again, I don't know my co-host here. Do you guys hear the horns? Not as loud as before. Wow. Okay. And then with all that filler material, Jeffrey, I mean, Anson, let's go. Oh, the, there's, let me just jump in here. 
Um, the Jets mascots are um, currently on the corner of the arena, and this caravan is blocking multiple buses. <laughs> like, multiple buses. But yes, okay, go ahead, Anton. So, uh, in last place, we have Alson with nine. <laughs> and in, uh, in first place, we have Geo with 12. <laughs> hey, we all got over 50%, so maybe we can all go into sports betting. But we do, we do not condone sports betting, but um, given this results, um, I don't know what to follow up with this, but yeah, we don't condone sports betting, but uh, we also would like to say that we are not great at predictions as well. I mean, I had 11. Alston had just a little over 50, but still over 50 nonetheless. At the same time, we do not condone gambling or sports betting. That is uh, not done. Um, I don't, I'm lost here. I'm sorry. It's it's. This has been a long episode. Let's just wrap up, guys. Let's let's go to final thoughts here. Uh, we always go to Anton. Oh no, let's go to Olsen first for final thoughts here. All right, so I'm gonna help Jeffrey out here. We don't condone illegal sports gambling and underage sports gambling. Um, I think that's what Jeffrey's trying to say. Hopefully, that is. Um, but it wouldn't be a bag of pucks podcast if I didn't say the views expressed by our our, co- our hosts do not necessarily represent the views of our other co-hosts. But for me, I'm on board with the you know no illegal sports gambling stuff. Um, yeah, this caravan is insane. Um, the playoffs this year have been great. Um, wash your hands, and I love y'all. Uh, Anson. So my final thoughts is, remember how you said Carolina and uh, Nashville is going to finish their game and we can break the news? Uh, yeah, no, it's double overtime, 13 minutes left. So that's not happening. Uh, but with that, I'll throw it to you, Jeffrey. All right. Um, everyone stay safe. Uh, hopefully when you guys are listening to this, you guys have enjoyed a very nice, relaxing, long weekend. If you're from Canada or is it Memorial Day? I don't know my U.S. holidays, but hopefully you just had a great weekend when you're listening to this on a Monday. Um, whether you have the day off or you don't have the day off, hopefully uh, you just got some time to enjoy that, you know, summer is coming uh, and that you can, you know, maybe even watch the playoffs outside, outdoors, you know. Uh, I, I think a lot of people nowadays watch, like, on a projector, like, I really want to try that, but uh, yeah, enjoy the playoffs, enjoy the weather, and uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. And hopefully, we'll have our expansion draft stuff ready for next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Bag Fucks Podcast, part of the National Podcast Network. You want to complain about us? You can tweet us at bop underscore pod on Twitter. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon.